What's good, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Amatelic TIS Podcast with your host, yours truly, Jai Shield, show on this Wednesday, March the 2nd, the year 2022. Lots to do, lots to talk about here on this midweek show, excuse me, the first show of the month of March. Uh, you better believe I'm going to sound off and give my two cents on the Major League Baseball uh lockout that has uh, canceled the beginning, the first two weeks of the 2022 NFL, NFL, MLB regular season that was due to and scheduled to begin on March 31st in about 30 days. Uh, so I, you bet, you bet your ass, I'm gonna sound off on that. Got lots to say as far as as far as that whole just disgraceful sequence of events is concerned. Give you my two cents on as we touch on some college basketball. Uh, Selection Sunday is a week from this upcoming Sunday, March 13th. Seen a lot of college basketball in the last week and a half, two weeks. So give you my my, uh, opinions and takeaways. Uh, on as far as the college basketball uh, season is concerned, as we're headed down the home stretch of the regular season, about to begin the conference tournament play, and of course I'll give you uh, some two cents as far as the NBA is concerned. More importantly, with the Los Angeles Lakers and the uh, and the New York Knicks. But where we begin is just the absolute disgrace, and and just and just the the real shame it is that. Major League Baseball and their players union couldn't 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 could not on any circumstances figure out a deal. I mean, it it, it 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 it's a joke. It's a joke. It's sad. It's embarrassing. It's depressing. It's it, it's 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 shameful. It really really is shameful that they could not get a deal done. Uh, by in time for MLB's arbitrated, uh, you know, self-imposed uh, deadline, or else they'd want to cancel uh, spring training. And before now, you can kill everybody. You can kill Clark, you the Tony Clark, the 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 union representative, the union head. You can kill the players. You can damn Skippy kill Manfred, and you can also kill the owners. I will do. All of that, and also provide the bigger picture. Let's start with the studio owners first. Studio owners. These are Major League Baseball owners that make that print money, print it, or that who are also worth millions upon billions of dollars. They print money print it okay print it yes they lost money because of the pandemic in in the 2020 season having a hundred having a hundred and two games chopped off their schedule no all-star game having the world series and having their playoffs in front of empty stadiums and neutral sites i get that and i also understand and get the fact that the first Two months of the season, they were playing with little to no crowds until until June, uh, until about June or July, was full capacity with the vac with the with the vaccine. I get that too, but for these owners to be so damn frugal and to be such 
penny pinching, watching every penny. I understand that's how billionaires operate, and you're billionaires for a reason, because you know, because you watch, could you watch your money like a hawk? And I get that, but to the point where where it, it becomes an overload, to the point where 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 you just come across as 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 just as just petty and frugal has got to stop. Okay, the, the the fact that the owners of the Baltimore Orioles, the Pittsburgh Pirates of the world, the Kansas City Royals of the world, Stu Sternberg with the Tampa Bay Rays, the fact that those owners and you can name the teams off the top of your head, the or the Orioles, the Rays, the Royals, the Reds, the Pirates, uh, who else? The you know you you can you can you can name off the to- you can name off the top of your head, the Indians, excuse me the, the Cleveland Guardians. <clears throat> I mean you you can name off the top of your head, the fact that those owners you know have the power and have the control to basically shoot down the raising of the uh, of the of the luxury tax, and to shoot down. The 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 minimum base salary for 70 percent of the players that aren't making Mike Trout, uh, Fernando Tatis, at uh, Manny Machado type money, that's a disgrace. Okay, if you are that, if you if you are that much of a penny pincher, if you are that much of a frugal, cheap, cheap. Businessman, then get the hell out. If it if it is if it if owning a baseball team, if owning, operating, and running a baseball team is not profitable to you, where you don't want to give minimum to give the minimum base salary guy a raise, or you don't want to uh, have the luxury tax raise, so in essence. So in essence, you know, more teams have money to spend, so they so teams will go out there and get players in free agency. If if that hurts your pocketbook to that much of an extent, then get the hell out. Get the hell out. Sell the team. Say goodbye. If you are that, if these guys are so freaking and they and the and the league, honestly, the league's lost money. But the, but but at the in the same breath, the sport has create has has made has made millions upon billions of dollars. Okay, they they they've they've made a good amount they've made a good amount of money. So I understand that they've lost money, you know, throughout the last couple of years because of the pandemic. But what? But to be quite honest with you, what Fortune 500 company outside of outside of Amazon, uh, outside of Amazon and 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 places that deal with with shipping and handling, what other Fortune 500 company uh has hasn't lost money within the last two three years? 2019, before the pandemic, their revenues jumped jumped for a 17 straight year to a record 10.7 billion dollars. 10.7 billion, not million, not a thousand billion dollars. Billion dollars. So again, I know they have lost money, but they're not cash poor. They're not on the brink. They're not on the brink of bankruptcy. They're not. They're not on the brink of bankruptcy. They're not about to 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 collapse on themselves. They've lost money, but they aren't bankrupt. And if they aren't making 
aren't making the money that the, that the NFLs of the world are, then they need to look in the mirror at themselves, which I'll get to in a minute. But but they're but they are not cash poor. They're not cash poor. They're not going out of business. Okay. Ten point seven billion dollars. These owners are worth billions. Make millions upon billions of dollars every single year. Ticket prices, parking, deals with the TV networks, jersey and hat sales, you name it. TV contracts with, with the local regional network to broadcast the games, your, your, and it's a stupid-ass name, the Bally Sports Networks, the, the local regional NBC Sports affiliates, the Massons of the world. The Marquee Sports Network for the Chicago Cubs. The SNYs. The Yes Networks. The Nessens. They make money. Okay? They make money. And maybe if you guys, you know, put together a little bit of a hat, you know, had enough wherewithal to institute a salary cap and get yourselves with the shared revenue, maybe it wouldn't be such a big deal. Where where the, the ownership group of the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Steinbrenners and John Henry is is printing money hand over fist, and yet the and yet the Pittsburgh Pirates owner and the Angeloses are losing are losing money fa- faster than you can shake a stick at. Maybe if they incorporated shared revenue in a salary cap, maybe that wouldn't be the case. But that's not the nor there. If you're that cheap, and if you're that much of a of a of a of a frugal penny pinching group of businessmen, where owning a baseball team hinders you financially instead of helping it, you need to get the hell out and sell it, put it on the market, and sell it to somebody who 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 who's go, who's going to who's going to spend the money and put together a winning product. It's it's that damn simple. It is that freaking simple. If it's that, if you lose that much money, and if it's and if it's so unprofitable for you and your bottom line for you to own a baseball team, then sell it. Then sell it. If you own something, or if you are, or if you have an investment, if you either own or have an investment or something that's losing you money, why the hell would you keep it? You you want to get it off your hands and see and see if you can get it at, at, at top value. Why would you keep it and and hinder yourself even more? It makes no freaking sense. So for the owners to be so cheap that they're not willing to give the players a raise and cutting minor league teams left to right and minor league baseball players gotta live out of their cars and eat and eat crappy food out of out of out of out of brown paper bags and brown boxes and. And, and, and live off of McDonald's, Wendy's, Burger King, Chick-fil-A, Popeyes, every single night. It's a disgrace. An absolute disgrace. Okay, I understand that, 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 you know, that they're not Mike Trout. They're not Fernando Tatis. They're not Ronald Acuna Jr. I, I, I get that. And there's an element of roughing it when, you know, when you're a major league, when you're a minor league ball player trying to make it. It's a sacrifice you make to work your way up to the top because you, because you pushed aside the regular average, the average though, every average Joe nine to five job because you feel like that you are, that you play the sport of baseball well enough to make a, to make a living out of it. So I understand there's an element of sacrifice that's involved. I understand, and I don't necessarily want minor league baseball players living in million dollar mansions, making making more than the uh, making more than the twentieth guy on the roster. I understand that, 
but basic but 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 basic human human rights and, and, and entities that you get as human beings for these owners to 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 withhold the hold it from these minor league players is a joke and it must change and it has to change. Nickel and that diamond these minor league baseball players is a damn disgrace and a joke. Players eating out of their players living out of their cars, got a hustle and 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 essentially find a place to live all on their own. Crappy meals, not getting the best nutrition, it's a disgrace. And again, if they can't handle it, get the hell out of the kitchen. It is that freaking simple. Can't take the heat, get the hell out of the kitchen. That's it. And if they don't want to play, you don't want to give the minor league player a raise. If they don't want to increase the luxury, if they don't want to do it. Fine, sell the damn team. Sell the damn team, because your because your cheapness, your penny pinching, your frugalness is 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 hurting the sport and it's hurting somebody else. That's the first thing. Second thing. Rob Manfred. There isn't enough words in the English dictionary to describe how painfully incompetent, painfully incompetent he is as as commissioner of Major League Baseball. Whether it's letting the Astros off the hook for the cheating, a lot not suspending the players, not taking away the championship. Call in reference dealing with the Astros cheating scandal, calling the Commissioner's Trophy, the World Series Trophy, a piece of metal, which was an absolute disgrace that I screamed and yelled to the heavens about. Whether it's whether it's that, just with the Astros situation in and of itself, whether it's that, the way that he couldn't, the way that that or he couldn't find a way to get the get the teams and get the players on the field in time for 4th of July so we could so we can have some live sports uh back, you know back during covid whether whether it's and fouling up those negotiations in 2020 or what is the fact that just of uh, whether it's just dealing with this whole lockout to begin with okay can you please explain to me rob he he came out and said now the lockout went into place on December first. The owners locked the players out with the ending of the CBA. Can you please explain to me, Rob? The the, the CBA ex- expired at the beginning of December. Can you explain to me why the next proposal didn't come till forty three days later? Can you explain to me that? Can you please explain to me why the, why the next proposal wasn't done until forty three days later? I can both sides, the owners and Rob, Clark and the players, can both sides. And this is where I can't take the players seriously until I miss the fans. Miss the fans, we want to play. Bullshit, you want to play. Enough. I mean, this is why I can't, I can't, I can't take, them seri- take anybody seriously in this. Because these two sides sat on their hands. Sat on their hands. And let weeks, months, months, plural, go by without reaching an agreement. They waited until, you know what they did? They were a college student that was aware that that their final paper 
was going to be due on a certain date three weeks into the three weeks into the uh, into the new semester and waited until three days prior to write the paper. That's what they did. Simple. That's what they did. The lockout began after midnight, December 1st, December 2nd. They did not, the next proposal was not made until 40 plus days later. And the first proposal that was made was on January 13th. They didn't get a response so for 40 days after the, they didn't get a response for the next 40 But the first initial proposal wasn't December 12th. Wasn't December 13th, wasn't Christmas Eve, one Christmas, one New Year's Eve, wasn't Boxing Day, not December 17th, December 27th, December 28th, December 29th, December 19th, January 13th. The next proposal, what? not the day after New Year's, not New Year's Day, not January 5th, the 6th, the 9th. The the, the 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 third, the fourth, January 13th. You want to know how long that was? December 1st, ladies and gentlemen, was on a Wednesday. Was on a Wednesday. The day of, the day of the weekend, that weekend after December 1st, you know what week we were in the NFL season? You know what week we were in? Do you know? Week 13. You know by the you know come the next come the first proposal from the owners. Or when Manfred came out and said that 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 uh or no I got it right when they made their first proposal on January thirteenth, you know what week it was then? Divisional round weekend of the NFL playoffs. The lockout began week thirteen. The first proposal was not made until the second week of the NFL playoffs. Well over a month later. That falls on the commissioner. Because if the commissioner had any common sense, had any guts, had any love and true passion for the game of baseball, he would have gotten he would have picked up the phone and called the Steinbrenners, Henry, Sternberg, Angelos, whomever would have picked up the phone and said, guys, everybody's distracted right now. Nobody's thinking baseball. NFL post, NFL, the home stretch of the NFL regular season, NFL playoffs, college football playoff, all these bowl games, college basketball seasons getting its legs underneath it, plus the NBA, and if you're a hockey fan, you have your NHL. Nobody's thinking about us right now. So why don't we take advantage of the time that we have on our hands and take advantage of the fact that nobody in America is discussing us at this point in time and the, through the doldrums of the winter, pick up the phone and make a proposal and, and try to get ahead of 
February 27th, 28th, March 1st, March 2nd. There was no proactiveness about this. The first proposal wasn't made until January 13th. And the lockout ended December 1st, December 2nd. How in the hell is that possible? You want to let a week or two go by? Fine. But the fact the first proposal wasn't was made middle of January is a disgrace. You know, I'm supposed to take Rob Manfred seriously when he says he cares about the game? No, he doesn't. Give me a Rob Manfred, please. Not a chance. And all the owners care about care about baseball and care about winning? Hell no. Some of them do. The Steinbrenners do. Because 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 it's it's a it's a family thing with them. I know the Steinbrenners care. I know the Henrys with the Red Sox care. I know the owners for the Dodgers. They care. And I'm they're not just naming owners that that's got the good teams. Uh, um, they they care. Some of them do. Steinbrenners off the top of my head. They're not they're not in it necessarily. For the money, they want to win. It, it's not, George down the hall. It, it's it's a it's a family ties thing, like with the Browns and like with the Browns in Cincinnati, the Hunts with the Kansas City Chiefs. It's a family thing. Sure, yeah, they make their money off of it and the tax write-offs, and they get the benefits of the perks of being multi-billionaires and owning a sports team. But 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 there but it was they're not Bob Kraft or, or or Arthur Blank that went out and made their money somewhere else and decided to to buy a professional sports team to uh to 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 to, to boost their bottom line and to boost in their portfolio. Some of them care. But the fact that it took that long for for a proposal to be made is is a joke and utter disgrace. If you're Rob Manfred, who's the commissioner of the sport, the buck stops with him. Tony Clark's not the commissioner. Max Scherzer's not the commissioner. Uh, uh, Mike Trout is not the commissioner. The owners aren't the commissioner. Commissioner, you're like the de facto president of the, of the league. You're the head man in charge. If Rob Manfred was that damn serious when he came out and said that it would be that it would be a disgrace, would be d- discouraging and awful, and all these words of the, if we missed, if we missed, if we had to cancel opening day, if he if he really wanted to show me teeth, he wouldn't have waited till mid January to make a proposal. That's all there is to it. Get on the phone, pick up the phone. If they got to do it from from some godforsaken resort in the middle of the Bahamas, then so be it. Say, guys, let's get ahead of this. In case this gets hairy, in case this gets ugly, make make sure let's make sure that time is on our side with these negotiate with this negotiation process. And he did not do that. Furthermore, if Manfred also also wants to show me that he's serious, Rob Manfred. Has to get the hell off of being the bag man and the talking piece funny. To hell with that. To hell with that. He's the com- what I tell you guys all the time. Commissioner, your job is to make sure that two groups are satisfied. If when push comes to shove, the fans and the players. Because without the players who play the sport, who 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 are the who are the labor 
of, of making the league the multi-billionaire businesses you have nothing. And without the fans, the consumers who consume your product to help make you the millions upon billions of dollars, you got nothing without those two. I've said this for years. Manfred had, there had to be a point between Tuesday and over the last couple of days where Manfred says, listen, I understand that I, the fact though, I work for the owners, but here's the bottom line. I got to stand up and do what's best for the game. I got to stand up and, and kind of be the independent guy, turn to the owners and say, look, you want to have a season or not? Okay, and kind of and kind of speak from the players slash fans perspective on things, and then to the players vice versa. You know, come from the owners slash the. It has to meet in the middle. He has to do what's best for the good of the game, not what's good for best for Rob Manfred or what's best for Peter Angelos. Nobody gives a damn. All right, he if he was really serious about salvaging and saving the regular season. The start of the regular season, the first two weeks of the regular season, over the day. What he should have did was come out there and say, look, we've gone back and forth, and it's been a battle of Armageddon for, since January. It's enough. It's enough. For the sake of the game, for the sake of the game that's already dying hand over fist anyway, for the sake of opening day, and the... And the gravitas that comes with opening day, the first day of the baseball, of the new baseball season, and whether it's in late March or early April, we got to get this season started on time. We have to. We have to. And, the t and another thing, the two sides have to realize that you can't get everything back all at once. The owners can't get back and penny pinch and and and, and, and nickel and dime players and, and and get all their money back that they had lost over the last twenty four plus months. All in one CBA negotiation, all during one, all in one CBA, they can't have that. And the players in turn can't can't take all the money up for themselves and make up for their piss poor negotiations and CBAs past. All in, all in, all in one sitting. You have to give something to get something. You can't get everything that you lost and with your with your previous scrubs all in one, all in one go. You can't. You got to take what you can get and chip away at it slowly but surely. Check like checking off a checklist. Can't get it all back in one a full swoop. Okay. In football, quarterback gets quarterback gets sacked on first quarterback gets sacked on first down for a loss of, for a loss of 17 yards. You don't you don't try to convert you don't try to get all 27 yards back on on second and 27. Got to chip away. Second and 27. Okay, let's take what they give us. If they if they get if they are protecting over if they're protecting over the top and the and, and, and leaving the underneath routes wide open, let's let's throw to the underneath routes and get as much yardage as as we can. If they got no linebacker, if they if they are, if they're not sending that many guys and it's and, and they're playing a nickel or quarter defense, a pass defense, 
and and there's avenues for us to run the football. We'll, we'll we'll give off to our running back and see if he can get you know ten to twelve, if not fifteen, of those twenty-seven yards, and see where we go from there. It's the same. It's the same thing here. You can't get everything back to lost over the pandemic and with the players when they you know when they were more concerned about making sure they have the gourmet meals on the on the chartered flights going back and forth across good old America. You can't get all that back in one CBA. It's it's not rational. It's unrealistic. It's not realistic, and it's being greedy. But again, Manfred really wanted to be serious. He should have been more. He he should have had a little bit more pep in his step, and should have been a little bit more uh, eager to get these negotiations started earlier, so they could have an agreement by now. And for Rob Manfred to sit up and have the temerity, the audacity, the chutzpah, and the unmitigated gall to laugh, laugh, when he, in in a press conference, announcing the cancellation of a season is a disgrace. It's enough. Whether it's the piece of metal, not punishing the Astros, you name it. The crappy umpires, the piss poor Video replay system, the the the, the fumbling of the sixty games, you name it. Get him out. Rob Manfred has to go. Get him the hell out. Get him out. It's it's a, it's enough. I'm sick of him. I'm sick of him. I'm sick of the incompetence. I'm I'm sick of the borderline arrogance. I'm done. Get. Him the hell out of Major League Baseball and get him the hell out of my damn sport now. Sit here laughing in a press conference when thousands of people are going to be out of work. The small businesses that rely on spring training. The Pickles Pubs of the world that print money during the baseball season. That need the Orioles to go out there and play games in front of 7,500 people at Oil at Oil Park at Canton Yards so they can make money. Or the people that work at the stadium that charge you, that charge you a $20 uh, 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 fountain soda or a $5 hot dog. Or the three bottle, or the three dollar bottle of water, or the fifty dollar baseball hat, or the two hundred and sixty dollar jersey. They go, they're they're screwed. That's it. And that's what this comes down to. They have no money. They got nothing. They gotta sit. They gotta sit on their hands. While, while, while the owners and the players and Manfred are squabbling back and forth over over meaningless bullcrap. They're the ones that suffer. Along with you and I, the fan, that get pissed on. That go through hell going to these games. That sit through traffic. That sit in uncomfortable Ubers. That's got to deal with expensive parking. That deals with playoff games that start a quarter to ten o'clock at night. That stay up till three thirty in the morning for World Series games. 
that stomach watching A Rod broadcast games on national television. That part with our teams, sticking up the joint, being a damn laughing stock to the city that they playing on a year in a year out freaking basis with my Baltimore Orioles. They haven't won a damn thing in nearly 40 years. We put up with it. Step late watch games on Sunday nights, Monday nights, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. That blow off weekends, that blow off weddings, that blow off hanging out with friends. Fourth of July Memorial Day holidays, Mother's Day, Father's Day. Some of us sacrifice watching NFL football to watch the playoff games that take five hours to complete. Yeah, we're the ones that get screwed. I want to hear Rob Mayer tell you love the sport. Love the sport, my ass. You don't care. You don't care about the sport. You never have. You're a damn lawyer. Quit. Today, resign today, get the hell out, out of the league office and find somebody, somebody that can run the sport properly. That's not going to call the championship trophy a piece of metal. That's going to punish a bunch of diabolical cheaters who cheated their asses off for six months to win a championship. Or somebody's going to reinstate Pete Rose and put him in the Hall of Fame while collecting money from FanDuel and DraftKings and MGM betting and all this other garbage. That's going to tell these dogs not to put their freaking playoff games on at 9 o'clock at night. He don't care. And they do probably 50%, if not more, than the owners. Tell with all of them. And then I got to listen to the players. Moan and Gordon complain. The match shows to Mike Trout's in the world. Who's doing fine. Who aren't going to starve. Who aren't going to suffer. Yeah, they'll miss some game checks, but they'll live. They've made their money. I gotta listen to him if we talk about good of the game. Shut up! Mike Trout talk about all the good of the game for the fans. Well, hearing it, well, Mike, 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 you really want to benefit the game? Get the hell off the Angels. I gotta, I gotta listen. I gotta listen to these millionaire ball players complain now. We gotta take out. We gotta take out a freaking second mortgage. You gonna fill your car up with gas when groceries cost a fortune? People still reeling and suffering, and still trying to somehow financially recover. Nearly two damn years removed from this pandemic beginning, and I gotta listen to the millionaire baseball player complain. But uh, we don't have no season. Shut up.
And yet the same ones sit up here in the morning going to complain about competitive balance, yet they want a free market. You can't have it both ways. You got to give something, you get something. You can't sit up here in the morning going to scream and complain about, well, well, how, we don't want the Baltimore Orioles uh, tanking for, for top draft picks. It's bad for the sport. Get the one way that, 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 that gives everybody a chance. That keeps that every 30 teams, all 30 teams involved and have a chance to compete for World Series Championship is what? A salary cap. The little old Cincinnati Bengals just got finished playing in a Super Bowl. What more evidence do you need to show you that a salary cap works? Because the Green Bay Packers got the number one seed in the NFC. Why? One of the reasons why? Salary cap. You can't have you cannot have your cake and eat it too. And this is why I can't take the players seriously, and they and they come off as a as a bunch of ignorant, stupid, entitled, short-sighted group of individuals. Because you can't have the free market and, and yet and yet get upset when when the owners of the parents, the oils, and the rays don't want to spend any money. Because the Mets, Yankees, and Dodgers of the world, the Red Sox, blowing them out the water. Because the owners are worth more and the teams are worth more. Can't have it both ways. You can't scream free market and get upset when teams like well, well, hell, since we can't buy a championship like all these other like all these other teams do, we might as well tank, get ourselves, you know, collect a bunch of draft picks, develop them through our farm system, wait till they get to the major leagues, and hold our breath and open a in a five-plus-year period, they'll be winning a championship or two. I'll allow the 2014-2015 Kansas City Royals to win the back-to-back World Series and won one of them. So I can't listen to them either. If you want a free market, don't complain when the, when the Orioles and the Birds of the World, and I agree with them, that, that, that them not putting a competitive product on the field is an absolute disgrace. But I don't contradict myself saying, well, it should still be a free market. No, I come on here and I say, how many times I got to tell you that Major Baseball needs a salary cap? The, the players, no. Because you got players who feel, like that, who feel like that they should be paid a damn near half a billion dollars in a baseball. And it's nothing you can't take, take these players seriously. They think just because, just because that they play, and it's a hard sport. It is out of all the sports I play in my life, baseball is probably the hardest one to master and the hardest one to be very, very good at. I'll grant you that. And baseball players do get disrespected when in terms of, of like when what what sport is harder, which sport is more challenging. So I I get them on that. It's just, it's not easy to throw a ball hundred miles an hour and yet and yet hit the catcher's mitt and throw it in the strike zone. Baseball players, not easy Hitt, hitting a curveball or a changeup or a slider or a fastball that coming at you looks like it's, it moves at the speed of light. But, they, but there's a disconnect in their minds that they think just because they are blessed with the ability to master those examples I just gave you, that, that, that they think that they're more valuable to society than what, than, than what they really are in reality. 
They're not a doctor. They're not a lawyer. They're not a firefighter. They're not a cop. They're not an FBI agent. They're professional athletes. Blessed with the ability and the opportunity to play a kid's game for a living. And for a lot of some, not all, but for but, but for quite a few, some of them, make a pretty decent living in doing so. Making six, seven, eight figures a year doing it. This is part of what also, them also drives me crazy. That, 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 that smug sense of entitlement. I get, I get you guys are baseball players, but put, put, put what you do in perspective. Okay, you're not in the hospital fighting COVID. You're not a you're not a doctor treating for somebody's cancer. You're not delivering babies. You're not the president of the United States. You're a damn baseball player. And they see it then just because they are a professional baseball player that 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 that, that they that they should be, that they should be paid along along with along with with with, with, with the dignitaries. They're not king. They're not kings. They're not prime ministers. They're not the president. They're not doctors saving lives. They're not lawyers. They're not police officers putting their lives online every single day to fight crime. They're professional athletes. I understand that they that they that they make billion that that the league that they play for makes billion dollars off of them. But put but put some in perspective, please. I gotta deal with the players' association, the owners. And the the players Tony Clark and Manfred squabble and and have and have the Battle of Armageddon Part Two over a CBA. Yet halfway around the world, over in Ukraine, the damn place looks like a war zone. Really? How about counting your blessings and being thankful and being grateful? That you not wake up in the wee hours of the morning to missiles striking your backyard. Or your place of business getting blown up. Be how about be thankful, be grateful for that. Be grateful for that. Be grateful that you're blessed with the opportunity to play a kid's game for a living. That's not halfway around the world saying, saying goodbye to your family because God knows when, when, if you ever see them again. Because they got to stay behind and put their life on boss, push their life on, and their needs, their wants, their desires off to the side to fight for the freedom and fight for their fellow, for their fellow citizens of Ukraine. You got to deal, deal with these players and these owners quibbling and quabbling back and forth. Give me a damn break. To hell with all of them. All of them. To hell with all of them. To hell with Manfred, Clark, the players, the players make, all the players, and all the owners. To hell with every single last one of them. Because, because it was bad enough that these, that these two groups of bozos, Tweedledee and Tweedledum, Dumb and Dumber, the, the, the three stooges 
decided to go into a pissing match over 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 shared revenue and all this other garbage in the middle of a pandemic while people were in ICUs fighting for their lives, gasping for air in the middle of a gosh damn pandemic. Do they learn from that? No, they come right back around a year and a half, two years later, squabbling while we're on the, meanwhile the rest of the world is on the brink of God forbid knock on wood World War Three. And I listen to the players morning and going to complain. Or the owners cry cash poor. Or Manfred telling me something my intelligence trying to tell us that he cares about the game of baseball. Give me a break. Tell of all of you. All of them. I want to hear the lip service. That all oh, we miss the fans. Oh, we want to come back. Oh, poor, poor pitiful. I, I don't need your sympathy. I don't need it. I didn't ask for it. I don't want it. I want actions. Actions speak louder than words. I don't want your sympathy. I want your commitment. And none of you is this committed. None of you. All of you. Short-sighted, selfish, entitled, and greedy. All of you. Commissioner, owners, press association. All of you. Me, myself, and I will enjoy that me, myself, and I attitude when none of us is making a dime. And if you come back, whether it's in May, June, July, August, or April of 2023, I hope you enjoy playing in front of empty stadiums again. And nobody on ESPN or FS1 talking about you on their studio shows. Or nobody listening to Sports Talk Radio talking about you. Or nobody in social media talking about you. Hope you enjoy it. I hope the owners enjoy not making money. Because nobody's coming to the games. Because they, they pissed off everybody. I hope the players essentially enjoy being a bunch of, a, a bunch of uh, millionaires. Whose job holds them in the public eye. And nobody knows who the hell they are. I hope they enjoy it. I hope they enjoy it. Because the bottom line is, Major League Baseball, you're not in a position to have to, to go back and forth over CBAs and, and, and stupid crap as far as salaries and, and luxury tax and all this other gobbledygook of foolishness. You're not, you're not in a position. You're at the bottom of the totem pole of relevance. You're not going to be satisfied till an episode. You're not going to be satisfied till an episode of Euphoria on HBO Max gets more viewers than Game One of the World Series. You're at the bottom of the totem pole of relevance. Nobody cares about you. Nobody watches. The ratings are in the toilet. The NBA, NA, NBA, NFL reigns supreme with college basketball with March Madness and college football every Saturday in the little small towns of America. They reign supreme over you. Nobody in America cares about you anymore. You're dying. You're stuck in the dark ages. My generation could give a damn about Major League Baseball and the lockout and the players that play in it. Nobody cares. You're irrelevant. Enjoy it.
Maybe a word next time. You're irrelevant to the black community in this generation, this day and age. Part of the reason is because there's no damn blacks playing a music baseball in 2022. So enjoy it. Enjoy your fight. Enjoy your lockout. Enjoy your hidden negotiations. Max Scherzer, Manfred, Tony Clark, cause to hell with all of you. I don't need you. I don't need your Major League Baseball. I don't need your quabbling. I don't need your fighting. I don't need your lockouts. I got the I got March Madness, the Final Four, the NBA playoffs, and the NBA Finals. And if I'm that damn desperate to watch some sports middle of summertime, I'll cut on a replay of the goddamn 2021 AFC Championship if I have to. Because I'm done. I'm done. I watched reruns of all, what, 20 plus. Not just the way. I will re-watch the entire 2021 Bengals season. From week one against the Vikings to their fourth quarter collapse against the Rams in the Super Bowl if I have to. If, I, if I'm that damn desperate for entertainment. I'm not putting up with it anymore. I'm done. We'll continue back after this. Here's what I want. <clears throat> Manfred, Clark, the owners, all the players. From the peon that's making $500,000 a year to the Max Scherzers, the Harpers, and the Tatises of the world. How about all of them? Get on a plane, fly halfway around the world to Ukraine, and witness... Witness what the hell is going on there. Witness it. Stay there for a day, day and a half, or a weekend. Up to a week, a month. I don't care. That or somebody queued up for him on a loop. So I'm pretty sure somebody bootlegged CNN, 
or MSNBC's news coverage of the Ukraine attacks that actually happened a week ago last Wednesday night into the wee hours of Thursday Ukraine time and show them the, 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 that fiasco unraveling before our very eyes. On a loop before they want to come back and, and start bitching and moaning about, this, about the new CBA agreement. That, that's what I want because it could be a whole lot harder for everybody if they lived halfway around the world in Ukraine. Ukrainian Ukrainian athletes, Ukrainian citizens putting their lives on hold, stepping away, thinking about somebody else besides themselves to serve their country and fight for their country's right to stay a country. And to put an end to, to that to that piece of filth in Vladimir Putin who has who's who, who has the nerve to come over there with with this army and, and with this missile trying to take over the country to, to reestablish the Soviet Union. I mean, my goodness great. I mean when you, when you put life in a perspective, everybody's in my crosshairs. I don't understand how you can people taking the owners that people people taking the players. I don't understand how you're just not on the side of just being a fan and killing everybody. Like, did they learn nothing when they moaned and groaned and complained back in the spring of 2020 trying to get a season in when people were unemployed, losing money, hand over fist, going homeless, going for broke, people in ICUs breathing on ventilators, dying of this of, of this scary new disease, this, this new virus, while also at the same time, civil unrest, because of police brutality and racism between the black community and the police departments with George Floyd? I mean, have they learned anything? We're getting to a pissing match with each other when the world is on the brink of, God forbid, possibly World War III! I can't take it. I can't. Things are bigger than you guys and your wants and your needs. Tell with all of them. I don't care if they set the season. May 1st, April 21st, July 1st, August 1st. Hell with all of them. See in 2023. Maybe I'll think about it. I'm blowing off the season. I'm not gonna watch the games. I'm not gonna discuss them. I ain't gonna discuss them on the show. If I if I got a if I got to go further in depth into Bengals games from 2021 from this past fall, this past winter, or give my review of that of that uh, bomb of a movie, and I don't mean bomb as it being good, but an absolute utter disappointment of a movie in the Kurt Warner American Underdog movie, I would be more than happy to do so. Because I'm done. See you in 2023 if you guys get your acts together. I'm done. Not doing it. Not doing it. I'm done. Anyway. <clears throat> Getting my voice all screwed up. We're back. Let us continue. Give a little bit of a uh, college basketball update as we are about a week uh, plus away from uh, Selection Sunday. 
as uh, I'll get, I didn't have a chance to address it. I probably should have addressed it in the last episode I did. And my apologies for no episode over the weekend. Like I, uh, like I had told you guys, that's a, again, bad job on my part. Got to stop doing that and leaving you guys out to dry. The 17 people, 17 people out there of you, of you that listen, I got to stop doing that. That's why again, raise my hand for that. No apologize for no show over the, uh, over the last couple of days, and I probably should have addressed it in the show last Wednesday or Thursday, whatever it was, with uh, Jawan Howard getting suspended for the rest of the regular season and getting fined forty grand for hitting. Uh, Wisconsin Badger men's basketball assistant coach Joe Krabenhoff, that you know when he when he swiped them and, and hit him upside the head at the end of their game on at the end of their game about a few weeks ago in the little. Uh, uh, in the altercation that ensued after the game, where uh, where tempers were flying all over the place, Jawan Howard and of course the head coach of Wisconsin, where it knows the nose, uh, Michigan Fords and Terrence Williams and Musa Diabate and Wisconsin guard Jacoby Neath were all suspended a game for throwing punches. Of course, disciplinary action was handed down uh, by the Big Ten. We will we'll see if we can. I don't know if, when we're going to get them on, but I plan on between now and uh, between now and and the end of the NCAA tournament to get on the one and only the great Colin Russo who of course is a Wisconsin Badger himself uh, who uh, who also happened to call the game I guess for Wisconsin student radio station the 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 Wisconsin's uh, Big Ten game uh, on Tuesday night so we'll see if we can get him uh, and give us a little bit of Wisconsin feel. We had him on last year prior to, to the NCAA tournament. We'll see if we can get him on again sometime within the, this month of March. We'll also see if we can get for the first time uh, his older brother, Timmy, Timothy Russo. Uh, he also son of a sports talk radio legend, Christopher Mad Dog Russo, who's an assist, who's a graduate assistant for the uh, unit, for the UConn Huskies, who's also is going to be playing uh, in the NCAA tournament more likely than not. Uh, we'll see if we can get him on. He'll probably be a little bit harder to get because he's got obligations with the team. So we'll either see if we can get him on before the tournament starts, or uh, or see if we can get him on uh, if and if and when UConn gets eliminated uh, during uh, during the March Madness men's tournament. So we're looking to get both of the Russo brothers on. Give us a feel from Wisconsin and a feel from uh, and a feel from uh, UConn. And Timothy and uh, and uh, Colin Russo, hopefully within the next uh, month or so. But Jawan Howard suspended. If you want my two, t- and it's you know a little late, a little late for me to for me to begin my two cents on it. But because I haven't, and it is my show, what the hell? Um, so what? So the idea. So my thoughts on Jawan Howard is that it complete. It, it, it's it's complete. It, completely unacceptable for what he did. You know, you're the head. You're the head coach, especially a head college coach, has got to know better than to put his hands than to put his hands on the opposition, especially in the in the setting of a game. You know, I I could see if it's a, if it's a situation off the off the court. You know, away from Michigan, there's a situation on the street where someone confronts him on the street. That's that's a different story. But in front of your team. And on national television, in front of thousands of people on the road, no less, in an arena, you, you you can't have that. You have to conduct yourself 
have to conduct yourself in a, in a certain manner, especially when you're the head coach of a the University of Michigan, a a D one A uh, program that is a that's a bat that's a historically a basketball powerhouse. You also got to con- conduct yourselves better uh, when you're when you're a college coach. If if he was an NBA coach, you kind you would kind of have a similar tone. But you know, coaching, you know, and and when it comes to all these sports, professional versus college versus college and high school is a different dynamic. When you're coaching the pros, you're coaching you you're coaching grown adults that you know that pay mortgages, pay the bills. You know, you you, you know you're you you're not equal because coach over player, but dealing dealing with and coaching grown grown men grown women grown adults it's a different dynamic than 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 college than than college student athletes college kids that are are that are on the back end of their teenage years in their early 20s that are young adults that you're trying to shape into men you know that that represent that represent a school that aren't that aren't getting paid to do this. It's a different dynamic. So if Juwan has, so let's say you know for the sake of conversation, if Juwan Howard was a uh, you know was a head coach of University of uh, University of the Charlotte Hornets or the Detroit Pistons, you know it would still look bad, but uh, it it was still it would still look bad. But at, but at, but in the same breath, you know it wouldn't be as bad as it is as him being a head coach of a college. Uh, of of a college program, and when, especially when you're a head of when you're a coach of a college program, there's just there's just certain things you 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 just can't do. I mean, when you, it's just unacceptable hitting a coach in any circumstances. I can understand he could have leeway if he was uh, if he you know if he was hit first. I understand he was bent out of shape because of the fact that the that the Wisconsin head coach put his hand on his arm. He shouldn't have done that either. But again, two wrongs don't make right, and him putting his hand on his arm doesn't warrant the fact that. He takes a swing at one of the Wisconsin assistant coaches. I mean, you, you just cannot have that. If you, you know, people calling for his job, I wouldn't have fired him myself, me personally. But if, but if somebody sat up there and said that, you know, we can't have a guy, you know, swinging on, uh, swinging on, uh, on assistant coaches of our opposition because of the message that it sends and the optics of it looking bad, I would, I'd, I'd get it. I'd understand. It. I, me personally, wouldn't have fired him. But I, uh, but I, but I completely, completely understand it. But, uh, but John Howard had no business to do what he did. I don't care how pissed off he is. You know, you can yell, you can yell at him, you can yell at him, scream, scream, cuss his head off to the cows come home. When you're a head coach of a college pro, of a college program, especially that holds the cachet that Michigan does within the sport of basketball, you you just cannot conduct yourself like that under any circumstances. You just can't. No excuses for it. And uh, he gets he got his punishment. And I'm pretty sure he will learn uh, after the fact. As far as for the rest of the sport of college basketball is concerned, watched a lot of, a lot of college basketball over the last couple of days. Um, I saw that absolute thrilling game between Kentucky and Arkansas. That 75 to 73 victory. The Razorbacks upsetting at the time the sixth ranked uh, Kentucky Kentucky Wildcats. Um, you had um, the, you had that forward uh, Oscar Oscar Tashebi out of uh, out of Kentucky dropped thirty points, thirty points in the game. 
uh, with uh, 18 rebounds and two assists. Had an absolutely fantastic, phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal game for Kentucky. But the problem was, is that uh, is that Arkansas? You know, they they were you know they were sl- they were slightly better. Note their guard 30 points, uh, 30 points had eight rebounds, a shot 13 to 26 from the field. Uh, and of course, Williams, their fourth 16 points, 12 rebounds, two assists. Amudier, their other guard, had 13 points, shot 50% from the field, and three of five from three, which ended up being uh, which ended up being a difference in the game. Also because of the fact that also because of the fact that the that the Razorbacks, you know, when the opportunities presented themselves, they didn't leave free throws on the table. Uh, Kentucky on Saturday was uh, nine of th- nine of thirteen from the free throw line, at sixty nine percent. Meanwhile, Arkansas was fourteen to seventeen, was eighty two percent. So when you know when you leave points on the bo- when you leave points on the board at the free throw line, and when Arkansas outscored you twenty to fifteen points off of turnovers. Uh, although Arkansas turned over the basketball one more time than Kentucky did, you're not going to win many games, especially against top-tier talent within your own conference. Auburn and Tennessee was a very good basketball game. They took they another upset, upsetting uh, upsetting Auburn, 67-62. It was a wild, wild, wild day of college basketball. A lot of upsets, uh, including uh, number 10 Baylor knocking off number five Kansas on Saturday or uh, that Saturday night. Uh, number 23 St. Mary's beating. Gonzaga by 10 uh, and then of course you look to the action on Sunday uh, you look to the action on Sunday uh, you had uh, you had oh you had Maryland pulling off the pulling off the upset uh, beating Ohio State by 15 75 to 60 Ohio State it got to a point where you know they left in, they left Maryland in that game way way too long could not make their jump shots could not execute shooting from beyond the arc and you know and eventually just got to a point where Maryland said all right screw it they're gonna keep on playing with us and toying with us and you know, like like holding like holding you know what it was like holding the, holding them them toy keys in front of a baby. So there's so many times you're gonna do it for the baby. You know, outright takes it right out of your hand. It's like ling- lingering raw meat raw meat in front of in front of a in front of a lion. It's only a matter of time until the lion finally you know says the hell with it and and goes out there and gets what and gets what's theirs. Uh, and that's exactly what Ohio State did to Maryland. Maryland didn't waste any time beating them by beating them by 17 uh beating them by 17 points uh and then of course you had on monday baylor uh beat texas by 7 68 68 61 you had ucla take everybody's being watched them by 11 texas tech beating uh kansas state 73 68 and of course you had last night you had villanova beating providence by two in an upset uh, the 11, 11, number one, number 11 ranked in the country to number nine Providence. When Providence, you know, with their Big East tournament, when they when they didn't make up the games that they had canceled early in the year in December due to COVID, uh, you also had um, you also had number six Kansas coming off of the uh, losing to losing to uh, losing their game losing their game against Baylor on. Uh, Saturday night, they turn around on Tuesday and lose to TCU by 10, uh, 74-64. Not looking good for the Rock Chalk Jayhawks. Uh, and then you also had Wisconsin win the regular season Big Ten tournament, knocking off Purdue, beating them by three. An absolute classic, uh, an absolute classic uh, basketball game. Coming up later, well, coming up later this weekend, we'll touch on it. Coming up later this weekend, you got Coach K's final game against North Carolina. 
against North Carolina uh, at Duke. Uh, so that'll be a tremendous story, the biggest story, uh, one of the biggest stories in sports, and then one of the biggest stories in college basketball coming up on uh, coming up on Saturday. USC, UCLA. That's at ten o'clock at night on ESPN. We'll get into that. Uh, Texas versus Texas versus Kansas. That game's at four o'clock on ESPN. We'll get into that as well. Uh, Arkansas and Tennessee. That game's at noon on CBS. We will touch on that game coming up. Uh, coming up, I, I most likely either Friday or Saturday, and you will get a show this week, and I promise you that. Uh, coming up, we will touch on those games coming up later on in the week. But you know, college bat, you got what? Uh, it's March second. Uh, the selection Sunday is a week from this upcoming Sunday on March the thirteenth. You can't wait. I'll be all over it here for you. Wall to wall coverage of the twenty twenty one NCAA men's Division one A basketball tournament i.e. known as march madness take a break get to the final subject and go from the college game to the pro game in the nba and hopefully by this time i can get my you know i can uh, get my voice back after scaring the yell about the baseball lockout for 50 minutes but in the meantime we're back with the amatelica tls podcast we welcome you back to the amatelica tls podcast you know one thing i forgot to mention with the baseball uh, with with the baseball point, you know, if Max Scherzer and this is uh, and this is uh, you know again, I the both sides, the owners make me sick. You know, how many times have I got on this show and screamed and yelled from the top of my lungs about how Peter Angels has to sell the team? He's good for nothing. He doesn't spend a nickel, and and if he doesn't care about and if he doesn't care about winning, if he's such a a a, a, a incompetent cheap owner, how he how he should sell the team. I mean, how many times, how many, how many shows during April, May, June, July, and August have I gone on here and screamed and yelled my head off about how Peter Angelo should sell the team because he does, because he hasn't won a damn thing and he never spends any money? How many times? How many times do I have to scream that? So, I, again, screw Manfred, Clark, the players, any owners. Tell with all of them for the for, you know for, for the fifteenth time. Tell with all of them. Because all of them have blood on their hands. Manfred, Manfred more than most because he is the commissioner of the sport. He's the head man. The buck stops with him. You know, the play, the players aren't, aren't the head man, aren't the patriarchs of the sport. Neither is the union rep, Tony Clark. Neither is the, uh, is, is the, is the, is the league union, um, nego- negotiating guy. Manfred's the, the, Manfred's the head man in charge. So the buck stops with him. But, Again, how many times I scream yell about Angelos by not spending any money about putting out the garbage product on the field? So I agree with the Max Scherzer of the world, and everybody else screams and kicks and yells about how about how it's a disgrace about with these teams with the tanking. I'm in agreement with that, but what I also, in the same breath, can't take and where and where they put the foot in the mouth when they speak out of both sides of the mouth is when the Max Scherzer of the world screams screams yells about the uh, about compet about lack of competitive balance. Yet when he's made his money, when he's gone to his fair share of All Star games, when he's won his fair share of of Cy Young awards and gotten his Cy Young votes, have played in quite a few uh, postseason games, have played in an American and National League Championship Series, has pitched in the World Series, and has won a World Series championship. 
I can't listen. I, he, he, he comes across as extremely hypocritical and speaking on both sides of his mouth when he talks about, well, we want, well, the lack of competitive balance in the game is a joke, yet he takes every penny off the table when, go, run, running to go play, uh, pitch, pitch for the Mets. Can't have, instead of taking less and, and pitching for the Baltimore Orioles or the, Pits, or the Pittsburgh Pirates or the Tampa Bay Rays. Well, he can't take it seriously with anybody. Manfred, Clark, players, owner, everybody. Because Scherzer kicks and screams about lack of competitive balance, yet he runs to New York City and takes every penny off the table signing his big-time contract. And yet, they, and yet they wonder why, and they scream, and they scream to the high heavens why the Peter Angeloses of the world barely, barely open up their pocketbook when it comes to spending money on free agents come, come, come the winter time. Everybody, it's a whole cesspool of hypocrisy, and and, and again, short-sightedness, selfishness, and greed. Everybody, from the top all the way on down. Everybody. 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 Mike Trout, too, screaming and yelling. Shut up, Mike. You're making a fortune. Shut up. I mean, you know, you know, you could you could end this by taking a pay cut and going to a team that's about a Mike Trout away from being a World Series contender. But no, he, t- he takes he takes every nickel and then wonders why 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 the disconnect between between the good teams and the championship contending teams why there's such a huge gap. Same thing says same thing drives me crazy and with the, and unlike with this where where I where I fall right down the middle with this with the baseball when it comes to football and 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 when it comes to their relationship between union and ownership I I take the player side. Always have and most likely probably always will. I take the player side when it comes to issues with the NFL. But even but even with the NFL, you know, and this isn't necessarily dealing with CBA, but it's a it's a similar set of circumstances, a similar example. Why in the NFL, I, I you got go back and listen to the show I to about either the first or second show I did after the Super Bowl where I kicked and, sc- and screamed and yelled my head off about Russell Wilson moaning and grunting about the fact that he has quote unquote no offense no offensive line yet 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 it's his own damn fault because he holds on to the ball too long and and he took every nickel off he took every nickel off the table when it came time to sign his contract extension. How many times? How many times I scream yell about that when it comes to NFL players, especially the quarterbacks? The quarterbacks I take every nick when it comes time for them to get an ex- extension, and yet it's the and yet they turn around about a year or so later, and it's the fox with the sour grapes, and they wake up one morning scratching their head saying, "Well, how come? How come my team? How come all of us? Especially if they won a Super Bowl in, in, early in their career, they they wonder they wake up one morning like, "Why well, don't I have more Super Bowls than I should at this point in my career?" Well, if you take every nickel. During your contract negotiations, you take every nickel, every penny off the table. You leave nothing left. You leave nothing left for your team to work with to put to put together a halfway decent champion-contending roster. Compared to compared when he had the revenue and the resources to do so, you're when you were making little or no money early in your career and you were an unproven commodity. 
And yet people moan and groan and kick and scream, you know, pay the player, pay the player, play the play the player, yet they kick and scream and they moan and groan and complain about, and, and, I, and I'm and i not, and again, if, the, if there's one thing that I have been consistent on as far as appreciating this about Tom Brady, it's this. They moan and, but unlike, but not to my me, other people, people moan and groan and complain when Brady, when Brady goes ahead and wins seven Super Bowls and plays in ten of them. Well, I'm sick of Brady being good. I'm sick of the Patriots. Well, Tom Brady is isn't making top dollar. He's not the highest paid quarterback in the sport. Got to get something. You got to give something to get something. Brady knows that he can't that he can't be the richest, highest paid quarterback in the National Football League and be on a championship contending roster every single season, and a in a salary and a salary cap sport, the salary cap league. He know he he knows he can't have it both ways. Can't have his cake as he in eighty two. He wants to be the highest paid player on the team. He can expect his team to be competitive. He can expect his team to go to go to the playoffs. He can expect his team to win a couple of playoff games. But as far as being being a Super Bowl contending team, not Super Bowl contending quarterback team, T E A M team, all fifty three man roster. Brady knows that he can't expect that while taking every nickel off the table, leaving his team nothing to work with when it when it com- when it comes to uh, put together or putting together a roster in the offseason through through uh, free agency signings and trades. Same thing with this with with the baseball players. They can't scream. They kick and scream about about lack of competitive balance. Yet they take every nickel off the table and sign these absurd large contracts when it con- when it comes time for them to get their money. Now, granted, I understand. You know, granted, I understand the fact that it's not a salary. Uh, it's not. A, it's not a salary cap sport per se. But it's not like that. But it's not. But not every team in the sport can can afford can can afford to have players on their roster making damn near a, a billion dollars over over the span of a decade plus. It's unrealistic. That's why more often than not, when you see a player go out there and sign a big time contract, the team's the team performance more often than not falls off. Because albeit there's no salary cap, but they're sucking up all the money. To the point where, if the organization wants to go out there and sign a player that that requests money, like the player that they just signed, that's making the Mike Trout, the the Tatis, the the Mookie Betts type money, they can only afford one, maybe two of those contracts. They, 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 they cannot afford to pay, you know, five to ten guys on their twenty-five man roster, you know, three hundred plus million dollars over over the span of twelve years. Even with no salary cap, can't afford it. Can't afford it. And again, I'm not owner side. Owners can go to L two. Sternberg not wanting to pay money for a freaking stadium. Penny pinching away puts together his roster. It's a disgrace. Not paying a minor league player. Angels again. How many times I got screaming yell about him? But you got. But you got to take it. You got to take it from all sides. Because everybody has blood on their hands. Everybody. Manfred's the post boy because he's the commissioner. But everybody, everybody has blood on their hands. Players, players, union rep, union head, owners, everybody. Everybody. 
So I hope they, I hope the owners enjoy making no money, and I hope the players enjoy not making any money. I hope the players enjoy you know when they're off the baseball field, uh, you know going going throughout life and, and and strolling through whatever town or city in America. I hope they enjoy not getting recognized. Yet the Lamar Jacksons, the Joe Burrows, the the, the Patrick Mahomeses, the Stephon Diggs, the the, uh, the 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 JJ Watt, the TJ Watts, the and the JJ Watts, the Aaron Donalds of the world, the Cooper Cups, the Jamar Chases, the the uh, the 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 Mark Andrews, the Travis Kelseys, the George Kittles of the world, hell, even the Justin Tuckers of the world, along with the Tyler Heroes, the John Morants, the Giannis Antetokounmpo's, the LeBron James, the Kevin Durant, the Kyrie Irvings, the uh, the Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Greens of the world. Get mauled in public and barely move. I'll tell you something right now. You put Mike Trout, you put Mike Trout walking along the campus of the school I go to, Morgan State, and a chance in hell nobody recognizes who the hell he is. Outside of yours truly, of course, because yours truly is a diehard baseball fan. Who, would, who knows who Mike Trout is? Not a chance. Not a chance. Serves him right. Serves him right. Again, they're not going to be satisfied till an episode of Euphoria airing on HBO at 9 o'clock on a Sunday night gets more ratings than Game 1 of the World Series. If if not, if, if, that are, if that hasn't happened already. It ain't even a hypothetical. It's just me giving, a, giving an example. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Switching gears to the NBA uh, with the Lakers and the Knicks. Uh, we'll, do the, we'll do the Knicks first. Uh, or excuse me, no, we'll do the Lakers first, who had just been an absolute. I mean, they're, 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 I mean, they're an eyesore to watch. I mean, they really are. Their their performance in the game against their performance in the game on Sunday night was absolutely disgraceful. No heart, no effort to speak of what's just no no effort, no effort what's whatsoever under any circumstances. I mean, just an absolute disgrace. Uh, by the by the by the uh, by the by the Lakers on Sunday night. I mean, LeBron James and all of them can kick and scream to the cows come home about being booed and heckled by the fans. I know those tickets. I know those tickets aren't cheap, and I know it's a pain in the ass getting in and out of Staples, not Crypto.com, getting out of the Staples Center. And and you know you got Anthony Davis and and the, one of the best players of all time, best play, one of the best, arguably the best player in the world, along with Kevin Durant and LeBron James. I mean, it's just unacceptable. I mean, getting blown out by the by the freaking New Orleans Pelicans, one twenty three to ninety five. I mean, just a total lack of effort, and was just downright freaking embarrassing. And you know, if they if, if LeBron's upset, they get booed. So be it. I mean, I and and L and and cities and in franchises like the L A Lakers, winning one championship or in Fran- the Yankees. Only a few franchises can say this: the Yankees, the Lakers. Uh, the, the the Dodgers, those franchises like that, that have the large amount of championships in their history, that they, winning one championship is not good enough. You know, winning winning one cha- winning one championship is not good enough. That's not the standard, especially the one championship when you had, when you when you had a, about a five month hiatus. You won it in October, and you won it in a in a bubble up against up against NFL football, and the Dodgers winning the World Series. 
I understand, you know, they were they were you know, they were on their way. They were probably gonna win a championship anyway had it not been for COVID and 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 in fact it was emotional, touchy feely because with the tragic Kobe Bryant passing uh back that February of that year during that season. So I get all that. I get all that. LeBron LeBron passes Kobe on the all time scoring on the all time scoring scoring list in Kobe's hometown of Philadelphia. Kobe Bryant tweets out congratulations, and then the ne- and then the the the, the, mor- the morning of the next day he's gone. I uh, so I get that. I understand that you know at the end of the day he didn't win a championship. He can't take away that from him. But but it, but if you take away that 2020 2021-2020 season, in years that LeBron James has been in the L.A. Laker has been rather disappointing, rather disappointing. Last season, the last season embarrassed, uh, embarrassed by Golden State in the play in the playing tournament, uh, and then of course you go prior in the seasons prior to the 2019-2020 championships uh, in the 2020 champ or 2020 championship season. I mean, just uh, what? Excuse me. They lost to uh, they lost to Phoenix in the playoffs. I apologize. Uh, last year in the postseason. And then prior to that 2019-2020 championship, underwhelming underwhelming seasons for the Lakers. LeBron James can't stay healthy, gets hurt. And Anthony Davis is a young player and went healthy, top five best player in the NBA. Problem is, you're in your 20s, bro. And and every single time I turn around, this guy has got an injured calf, injured and injured. He's, his legs are always always injured. And for a guy in his 20s. And one like he all of a sudden was getting injured, and and, and with uh, with the Lakers, he was injured a bunch when he was uh, when he was uh, the Pelicans' only hope prior to prior to Zion getting there. So it's just, so it's so he's he's always 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 injured. On top of the fact that Rob Palenka, who isn't exactly who isn't exactly Jerry West uh, from an executive standpoint, put together that old ass team. You know that you know that that would be a, a dominant, dominant roster, dominant championship contending team. You know back in back in 2012, 10, back in you know 2012, uh, eight, nine, ten years ago, but not in 2022. They get Kyle Kuzma, Casey, when they, the Alonzo Ball, they sold off essentially their entire future to win now. If LeBron James decides whether it's after this season or the year after to close the door on the Lakers as my brother's blowing up my phone, if he decides to if he decides to leave the Lakers and either go play with Cleveland, who's who's a who's a young aspiring team in the East that's played well this so far this season, or to play with the Sun Bronny come out of the NBA draft, it, the Lakers gonna have to start from square one. And are going to essentially going to be right back to where they were in the latter in the latter years of of Kobe's career, and in that period in between in between Kobe retiring and LeBron joining the team, when they were an absolute laughing stock. If, if if they don't stop, they will be back to crap so fast, wouldn't know what hit them. Because LeBron is is holding that 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 team somewhat upright. They let out Alex Caruso go, KCP, Kuzma, and I, Lonzo. Let, let Brandon Ingram their future out the window because they were hell bent on getting Anthony Davis 
and 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 look what it's got. I understand it won a championship, but when you're the LA Lakers, it's not about winning one. It's not about winning one championship in the month of in the month of October inside of an empty gymnasium at Disney World. You know, it's it's about winning a championship and having the opportunity of playing NBA Finals games at the Staples Center, place in the place that Shaq and Kobe built. That's that's what being a Laker is about. I understand you'll cherish it. You know, it's, it's kind of bittersweet because of the fact that it was during COVID and Kobe's passing. I get that. But being, but being, especially with LeBron, being an all-time great Laker is not is not is not about winning one championship. And if LeBron were to retire, retire today or leave the Lakers after this season, you consider him an all-time great Laker? I don't. Off the top of my head, Kobe, Kobe, Jerry West, Magic, Worthy, Kareem. Jerry West, Kobe, Magic, Kareem. No, did I say Kareem? I think I said Kobe. Great and worthy. I'm not gonna bring up Elgin Baylor and and and, and Shaq. Not and Lebron, Lebron either leaves the Lakers after the season, retires tomorrow. He ain't he ain't top five greatest Laker of all time. Nor are they building him a statue outside at, at, at that LA Live complex outside of Staples. And I said it back in the summertime when it happened. I'll say it again. The fact that that Rob Palenka and and the people and the higher ups with the with the with the Lakers front office that includes Jenny Buss, the fact that they were sold a bill of goods, thinking that Russell Westbrook was all of a sudden going to make the Lairs an absolute dominant powerhouse in a Western Conference and and lead this team to an NBA championship. I mean, I, I said it. I said last summer, and I'll say it again. I mean, you you cannot. I don't care if LeBron James, LeBron James, there's on team. When you have Russell Westbrook, neutralizes and decreases any chance you have as, as an NBA as an NBA team uh, of competing to win a championship. Completely throws it out the window, neutralizes it. He joined James Harden with the Rockets, and look what happened. He got he got the Wizards to the playing tournament last year. I'll grant you that, but we all knew that the Wizards weren't going weren't going anywhere. A he needs to be in an environment where the ball is in his hand all the time, so he can facilitate, get his triple doubles, and you know, and win his and, and win the team that he plays for. You know, they're forty five games a year. That's the first thing. Second thing is. When he has to play number two, or in this case number three with LeBron and Anthony Dave, not going to work. I saw it come from a mile, mile, miles and miles and miles away that, was a, that it was a recipe for disaster. A recipe for disaster. A, again, he needs the ball in his hands ad infinitum, and he's not a championship basketball player. He just isn't. He just isn't. Can't shoot, doesn't shoot well from the perimeter. If I, I swear to God, if I got to look at Russell Westbrook, brick, shoot a ball and brick it off the side of the backboard one more time, I'm a, I'm a flip, flip. This is the guy that was on the NBA all that was on the NBA all time seventy five best players list. I mean, really? If anything, this guy's a liability. He, if anything, this guy's he is a liability more than he more than he improves the team. I understand Kyle Kuzma isn't uh isn't uh Pau Gasol, but my goodness gracious. There's life after LeBron, guys. 
and selling off Kyle Kuzma to Washington, who had a very excellent start to the season back in the late fall, early to early winter. For, for this, I mean, really? Again, for Rob Palenka, Jenny Buss, I don't know, whoever was sold a bill of goods last summer that that the Lakers were a Russell Westbrook away from, from essentially annihilating the NBA competition this season needs to head examined. I said it at the time, I'll say it again. Russell Westbrook is not a big-time championship contending basketball player. He isn't. A, he needs the ball in his hands constantly, and B, he, he just does not ha- he doesn't have it in him. He has the he has the heart of a champion, but the skill set is is, is 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 the complete opposite. Then does not shoot the ball very well. At all whatsoever, there are games, man. Why I've seen Russ Westbrook can't throw the ball off a off a off a off the dock off off a boat into the into the into the all into the ocean off the Santa Monica Pier. Has the heart of a champion, but his skill set says otherwise. You appreciate the heart, you appreciate the effort, and you can then quit. And that's the thing, you know. You, you like that in Russell Westbrook that you don't get out of Ben Simmons. And if a game to win for my life, give Russell Westbrook or Ben Simmons, I'm give me, give me uh, Russell Westbrook all day. But he's just not a championship-level uh, guard in the NBA. He just isn't. And, and the New York Knicks aren't much better. They stink. Uh, it looks like it, 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 you look, you're seeing more often than now, folks, that, that, that the Knicks playoff run last year – was was more or less about them catching lightning in a bottle and getting lucky uh, last year because they essentially, you know, and they missed Derrick Rose. <laughs> it's ironic as that sounds. They missed Derrick Rose badly this year with injury and Kemba Walker and the whole situation with Kemba Walker's been a mess as he's going to be away from the team and shut down for the rest of the season. But the, the, the Knicks, the Knicks aren't too much better. They're they're as equally as as depressing and sad to watch on a night and night out basis. Twenty five and thirty six. Uh, got got uh, you know stayed com- say competitive in their game against um in their game against uh, against Philadelphia on Sunday afternoon. But but the bottom line, it was the Joel Embiid James Harden show losing one twenty five to one hundred nine. And then Friday night, the two nights before, I watched a lot of Nick basketball over the weekend. Uh, on on Friday on Friday night, you know they have they have uh, they have um, R J Barrett drop. Uh, they have R.J. Barrett drop uh, 46. They have R.J. Barrett drop 46 points against the against the Miami Heat and they lose by 15. You know, Jeremy Butler goes off for tw- goes off for 23, goes off for 23. Brandon Adebayo 6 16 16 points, 16 rebounds, four assists. Kyle Lowry 19 points, nine and four. And they have Tyler Hero, who should win six man of the year for six man of the year this season, coming off the bench playing 31 minutes, scores 25, two assists, three steals, and seven rebounds. I mean, the Knicks are just are just terrible. I mean, and Julius Randle. Ch- Chips in and chips in and 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 plays. You know, fits the role as far as uh, as far as facilitating and spreading the wealth and rebounding when he can. He had eight rebounds, eight assists on Friday night and a steal. But you know, when it comes to him shooting the basketball and being a scorer, he just doesn't. He just it just doesn't have it. 
0-4 from 3 in their loss against Miami. 2 of 15 from the field, scored 11 points, was not very good. And then in the game against... Um, and then in the game against Philadelphia, uh, and then in the game against Philadelphia on Sunday, Randall scored 16 points, 4-13 from the field, 1-4 from three, and uh, and Burks and Robinson added nothing with Fournier and R.J. Barrett combining for uh, combining for 48 points. And quickly coming off the bench, scoring 21. I mean, they have felt they have fallen off tremendously as a, they have fallen off tremendously as a defense. They were one of the primary reasons why they made the playoffs last year was because of how excellent they were on defense. Their defensive play this season has uh, has uh, has of course taken a taken a major hit. Has completely fallen off the face of the earth. People want to people want to uh, want to get uh, want to. Uh, Fire uh, Tom Thibodeau, which I, which I, which I do not buy. You know, you don't fire the you, the coach. Got the coach essentially got the same similar roster to the playoffs last year, and all of a sudden you want to chuck them out the door. I mean, if I, if anything, I, I'm looking towards and I'm focusing the attention on the front office for for, for, for putting the roster together. That's just me personally. Uh, as the Knicks, you know, you know, all it took was was one little year of relevance, and all of a sudden. It's it's uh it's same old New York Knicks basketball, which uh you know which is a shame because I enjoy it's good for the sport when the Knicks are good. It's good for the sport when the Knicks are competitive, and it's good for the sport when the Knicks are hosting playoff games inside Madison Square Garden. And it's safe to say that we will not get that in the spring of 2022. Uh, the just a quick little Laker point. Uh, it's the first season since 2003-2004 where three Lakers-Clippers games were decided by five points or fewer. They played a close game. Uh, they played a close game on Friday night. Clippers have won all three meetings, uh, all three meetings uh, thus far this season. Their last matchup of the year will come on Thursday. Of course, that of course is in reference to the Laker loss to the Clippers inside of the Staples Center. Uh, on uh, this past uh, Friday uh, night. So you get your NBA, college basketball, which we'll touch on uh, coming up later in the week and all throughout the month of March. NBA too, as well as the as the coming down the home stretch of the 2021-2022 NBA regular season with the playoffs forthcoming. And then, of course, uh, you know, killing Major League Baseball, you know, self-destructing itself as always, but hey, you know, as my, as you know, as I've been told throughout my life, make your bed, you gotta lay in it. Actions have consequences. You heard the tune, you gotta pay the piper. And if the piper is, you fall off the face of the earth and nobody cares about you, baseball has nobody to blame but themselves. Another episode of the Amatel, I can tell you, this podcast is in the books. Thank you, Justin Timberlake. You're new to the program. You like what you heard, like the show, please subscribe if you haven't already. Follow your boy on Twitter and now back on Instagram uh, at the J Shield. Follow the show on Instagram at Amatel underscore podcast and the show on Twitter at Amatel underscore it T-I-S. This is your boy Josh Shields. I will talk to you in the next episode. Y'all stay safe. Y'all take care. See ya.